like Hong Kong. That's a place for you. Hello, this is the Hong Kong Football Podcast coming to you from Kowloon, Hong Kong. In a week in which it was all square after Titans clashed and Lo Kong Wai left Eastern hopes dashed, Pegasus get their wings clipped and RNF tear up the script. And a win by the sea on Sunny Ching Yi means top of the table is that team Kit G. We're going to be talking about all of the weekend's action plus looking ahead to a couple of international friendlies for the Hong Kong national team. My name, as always, is James Legg, but I am not joined, as would be usual, by Tobias Dusser. Toby is sick as a parrot and cannot make it into Hong Kong Football Podcast headquarters today. So it's just me, but we are going to hear from him later via the miracle of digital sound editing. Now, surely the biggest game of the weekend was the game at the Mongkok on Sunday evening. It was a 5.30 kickoff and it was between South China and Eastern, two of the most storied teams in Hong Kong football history and two of the favourites for the title, especially if their performances in this game are anything to go by. It was a classic. Um, it ended 2 all. Um, a lot of high drama at the end um, for all 3,283 people who turned up to the game. I think that's the highest attendance we've had all season. Eastern went in 1-0 up at half-time, but Nikola Komazic equalised for South China in the second. And then in the 89th minute, Lee Hong Lim thought he'd won it for Eastern. And then six minutes into added time, Lo Kong Wai with a very nice back post volley um, made it two all and honours even. I mean, they were pretty much, they were matched on everything. If you look at shots, if you look at possession, if you look at passes, passes completed. If you just look at the kind of the colour of the game as you were watching it, they were very much very well matched um, and, and I thought it was it was a really great game a good advert for Hong Kong football and they, they kind of approached it a little bit differently uh, the two teams South China wanted to set up camp a little bit more in the eastern half and um, you had a lot of kind of patient interplay um, between their the midfielders and their attackers people like Awal people like Chan Su Ki um, but Eastern that's not to say that Eastern were defensive I mean they they were just a little bit more I would say targeted um, in their attacks, you know, they wanted to commit two or three men forward in in slightly more coherent moves in the direction of the goal, rather than just um, rather than just camping out in in the other team's half. Um, it was it was it was a, it was a pulsating game, really interesting. Um, I mean, that's five goals in five competitive matches for Nikola Komazec, um, so he just looks like he's been a brilliant signing for South China. Um, but one thing that is worth pointing out is that. Eastern, when they thought they'd won the game, when they scored in the 89th minute, they they celebrated like they'd won the game. And this is this is the thing that kind of irritates me, to be honest, um, because I think psychologically it has an effect. It, it has to. I mean, if you're going to start, you know, make having a big pile on near the dugout um, when there's six or seven minutes still left to play, I mean, what does that do for your psychological state? I don't know. I've never been a professional footballer. Um, answers on a postcard, anyone. But as it was, they did concede the goal. Uh, Lo Kong Wai, who'd only actually been on the pitch for about uh, five or six minutes, he came on for Chan Su Ki um, yeah, in the 87th minute. I guess <laughs> I, I guess it was one all at the time, so I, I don't know what, what his instructions were, but he found very quickly found himself having to score an equaliser. Um, it was a really nice volley, but uh, Chen King Ho, uh, the Eastern right back, who's normally very impressive, 
um, he was not picking up at the back post um, it was in a wild cross uh, quite deep it flew over the to the back post and uh, Lokon White dispatched it very nicely um, into the near post um, so it, like I said it was a great game um, Toby was actually at the game so let's hear from, from what he what he thought um, Toby what were your thoughts yeah, first of all, sorry that I cannot be here with you today at the Hong Kong Football Podcast headquarters. Um, I'm really sick. I'm dealing with a nasty cold, but I hope that you know I will be back um, with you next week. But yeah, as you said, I was at, at a few games this weekend, and so I, I would like to share with you um, some of my uh, observations. And indeed, for the South China Eastern game, um, there are two things that I actually want to point out. Uh, two players that I think played a very decent game. I remember last week we actually talked about Su uh, and what happened to him. And I would say especially for this game, Su was actually pretty good, in pretty good form. As we already saw last week, he is now taking more the role of a central midfielder, not so much on the right anymore. And again, he was extremely dangerous for set pieces. He had one free kick attempt, which was a brilliant shot and uh, also a brilliant save by Zhang Manfei, the South China goalkeeper. But also generally, he, he really pushed the game forward and uh, and distributed the balls to the left, to the right, to Li Hongdim, to Michel Lugo, and also to Manuel Bleda. So I think that you know we shouldn't worry anymore about Xu Deshuai. I think he's picking up again and I think we might see him actually at the upcoming national team game. On the other hand, um, for South China, I think it is worth to point out that Mahama Aval, their number eight, played also a brilliant game. Um, I especially remember two runs that he took. One, one in particular, he started from the own half, and then and then he basically overtook the entire Eastern defense. It was was amazing, and also you know, the the crowd cheered for this. I think no matter if Eastern fans or South China fans, it was just like brilliant to watch. Um, it didn't end in a goal, but nevertheless, he, he was involved, you know, in, for example, in the second goal in the equalizer with this brilliant cross from the right side. So I think in general, like both teams, um, they have right now some brilliant individuals, Xu Deshuai and Li Honglim, for example, um, for Eastern, Mahama Bal and Nikola Komantzic for South China. And I think, you know, <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong, but um, I think we shouldn't underestimate them. And I think they could make a serious claim for the championship this season, either of these two teams. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to what we see next. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, it's not a terrible result for either team. I mean, they're both um, unbeaten uh, still. Um, I think they've both played three, won two, and now drawn one. South China actually have got Kitchi next, so it's, it's a real kind of... It's a, it's a tough run of games for them. So I guess we'll kind of see how things hot up at the top of the Hong Kong Premier League. And further down the league, though, there were a couple of very interesting results. Probably the most surprising of which was RNF winning away at Hong Kong Pegasus. Uh, Pegasus actually took the lead in the 19th minute, but conceded a penalty after about half an hour, which was scored by Yang Ting. What's interesting is actually, so, I mean, both teams went in, um, it was one all at half time. And it was a half characterized, I think, by just erratic goalkeeping. I mean, the the first goal uh, for Pegasus came from a really terrible clearance from the edge of his box um, by the goalkeeper for RNF. 
uh, Long Wen Hao. I mean, it, it just it ends up at the feet of a, of a Pegasus attacker who manages to score a very nice goal while uh, Long is backtracking. To be honest, he probably should have done better with the save as well. Um, so it was not great for him. But then his opposite number for Pegasus, uh, Christian Namovsky, it really went and helped him out. Uh, I mean, he's the he's the Pegasus captain. He's number one goalkeeper. You would expect a certain amount of poise um, and a certain amount of, of maturity. But I mean, basically, as the RNF player, he has it um, on the byline in the penalty box, running away from goal, and Namovsky just jumps at his feet from behind and brings the guy down there's absolutely no danger whatsoever and he brings the guy down in the box in mystifying circumstances and then and then that penalty was scored by like I say by Yang Ting um, but then in the second half um, a little bit of quality from RNF for the goal uh, Zhang Jiati was the guy who scored the goal um, but it was a really nice move it was a very very swift counter attack I think it was the RNF left back who makes an interception and he very quickly, really impressive, very quickly wants to turn defence into attack. And he kind of launches the ball forward. And after a few little knocks, it is at the feet of Zhang um, with something of an open goal, actually. And, and he scored it. It was really, really well done. I mean, RNF are a young team. They're new to the league. Um, you know, I guess they're still trying to, still kind of trying to feel their way into, into things. But this is a massive win against one of the bigger teams in the Premier League. Um, so really quite a shock and good for them to, to get off the mark. And the other shock result, um, although maybe not quite as much of a shock, was HKFC, Hong Kong Football Club, beating uh, Sapling, a.k.a. BC Glory Sky. Um, in uh, you know Again, two new teams to the league. Um, and, I mean, a very exciting game. As with the game we just discussed, the teams went in, won all. But um, BC Glory Sky thought they'd maybe thought they'd scored a winner in the 77th through Yang Chi Lun. That was the second goal of the game because he actually scored the first um, the first goal for them as well. But um, Hong Kong Football Club came back um, and with goals in the 82nd and the 89th minutes, both from Michael Hampshire. He's their top scorer for this season. He's not just their top scorer, he is the league's top scorer. That is four goals for him. Um, really impressive start. And... Yeah, and, and, and 3-2, which is, is a really big result for, for Hong Kong Football Club because you know they had not the most promising of starts in the first game, but things have really started to pick up for them. Um, actually, I wasn't at this game, but someone who was at this game is our friend Toby. Toby, what? tell me a little bit more about this game. Yeah, indeed. I, I went to Hammerhill Road Sports Ground, as we know, one of your favorite stadiums. And... To be honest, I very much looked forward to the game, and I was not disappointed. Uh, it was a, it was indeed very interesting. It was a very fast game because both teams somehow played similar tactics. Like none of them really tried to control the game or kept possession, but both teams tried to, you know, uh, tried to surprise the other through counter attacks. Played very fast, and maybe for the first like twenty minutes, HKFC still looked a bit insecure. But the longer into the game, the more confident they actually got. So I think it was not a surprise that they um, found the equalizer and then also turned the game in the last 10 minutes. Now, by all respect for the for the performance of HKFC, which which was really good, I think it it's also necessary to mention that the sapling goalkeeper, Xiu Leung, was also quite involved, especially in two goals. For the first goal... 
it was a cross from the left from Robert Scott, uh, which landed on the bar, where it went back into the box. And honestly, in such situation, Siu Leung, the goalkeeper, should have just tipped the ball outside and get a corner and not just wait under the bar and look what's happening. So it was a bit of miscalculation from him at that point. Again, for the second goal, it was a one-on-one -on -one situation in which the goalkeeper, Siu Leung, hesitated a bit too long if he should come out or not. I think if he would have made a decision a bit earlier to come out, he could have avoided the goal as well. So yeah, it was not the best best goalkeeping by him on that day. But to be fair, also the suppling defense didn't look very good for the last two goals. So the blame does definitely not go all on him. One of the reasons why I try to also point this out is that um, we need a bit cautious to how to interpret this result. I think HKFC, it was just a matter of time until they pull off um, the first draw, the first win. But also, I think we shouldn't overestimate it at this moment. There was a bit luck involved, which is which is fine. But nevertheless, I still think that HKFC will keep having a hard time in the league. But also now, maybe other teams will show more respect for them. And we will see how it will turn out. Um, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the next game. Okay, cheers, Toby. Yeah, but what of top of the league, Kitchi? Uh, they've played 4-1-4 now. Um, they, their latest win coming against Rangers at the Chingy Sports Ground on Saturday. Um, only 718 people turned up to watch this, which is always a disappointing, disappointing number. Um, Interesting, interestingly for Kitchi is they actually scored early in this game. I mean, one of the things that they've been struggling with is that they've spent a lot of um, a lot of the games so far. They've spent a lot of time kind of banging on the door without actually getting anywhere. Um, they scored in the fifteenth minute. This was uh, Hong Kong striker Sandro, um, and I mean actually that was after a lot of chances had already been squandered, um, quite a lot of squanderings, you might say. Um, it was, I mean, Rufino, for example, who was playing as a kind of left side of forward, and you know, was generally a very good player. Um, he he missed uh, two, maybe three, very good opportunities. And yeah, I mean, Kitchi made a lot more chances and got had a lot more of the ball, especially in the opposition box, um, than you might think, considering it was only one nil. I mean, you're thinking, you know, where, where are the where are the rest of these goals? Um, you know, they they had 17 shots, but only seven of them were on target. Um, I guess the Rangers Rangers goalie had a good day. In fact, he did. Um, that's worth mentioning. Uh, Chu Chu Yuming, um, number twenty five, the goalie for uh, Rangers, actually had a really good game. He made one astonishing save um, in the second half. Um, from I, I can't quite remember. It might it was Sandro actually. Yeah, so maybe hits it from about twelve yards. Um, really really hard. Um, and and the goalie made a brilliant save. So I mean maybe it was him who was keeping them in it. Um, but don't think that Rangers didn't have um, a part to play in this game. You know they definitely um, gave as good as they got. It's just that they just don't have as much going on up top um, by way of keeping the ball um, in the opposition area or in the opposition third anyway. Rangers actually had two people uh, in the starting lineup who were on loan from Kitchi. You had Nando number two, and you had uh, Jordi number eighteen. Jordi, who's still the Rangers captain, he's still kind of the fulcrum of the team. He was kind of playing off. Uh, number 13 Hoi Carl Lock and it's a bit of an issue for, for Rangers is keeping the ball in the opposition third I mean they're actually quite good at getting it up there 
um, the fullbacks um, actually I thought really did really well especially carrying the ball um, into the opposition half but the problem is they were kind of eventually having to lump it up to to one of the forwards um, and they just could not make it stick um, I think Jordi had a couple of headers um, but again this is actually the second game in a row in which the kitschy goalkeeper has faced no shots on target um, so uh, Guojian Chao is having a, having a great time whilst deputising for Wang Zhenpeng, who I think might still be injured. Um, Kichi did actually score two more goals um, in the second half, but they were both ruled offside. It's quite funny, really, because the, the Kichi fans are obviously furious at this linesman because it really it really did look it looked like, um, especially the uh, the first one, um, had been onside. Um, Fernando, who came on um, in the 68th minute for Rufino, um, in a return from injury, um, which is good news for Kichi and for him. Um, he he plays a ball from kind of like the right hand side over to um, uh, Jared Lum uh, at the back post who dispatches it really nicely into the top right hand corner um, and it was a really nice goal and Lum had actually been onside but uh, Sandro um, was returning from an offside position and kind of uh, sort of went to head of the ball but didn't head the ball which obviously puts off the defenders and, and takes up their concentration which means he's totally interfering with play um, which means that it was actually a brilliant call by the linesman. Um, the second one was a little bit less controversial, also created by Fernando, um, and this one was scored by Sandro, um, but again, also offside. So the, the, the furious Kitschy fans maybe um, owe the linesman a slight apology. Um, what, one of the things that was interesting, speaking of Sandro, is that he started up front, um, which means that um, Marcus de la Spada, who's one of the summer signings for Kitschy, um, was 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 dropped here to the bench, um, and that's the thing at the moment with Kichi, which is the most of the summer signings really have not performed much um, yet this season. Um, you know, you look at Lam Chigin, uh, you look at Marcus de la Spada, um, I mean, you look at the centre back Paul Bosch, who actually hasn't uh, started the league game. All of them have failed to really have much of an effect. Um, I'm not saying they won't. It's possible that they will. Uh, that they will kind of come into it, but. Um, it's, it's been tough for them so far. And it, I think it's going to get tougher, especially for Marcus de la Spada. Now that Fernando is back and is likely to start probably on the left wing, um, what does that mean for Rufino, who has been a left-sided uh, left forward uh, so far this season? Is he going to maybe go up front where he played at the end of last season when he first signed? Um, I guess we'll see. Although I have not spoken enough about Rangers because they did go for it. Um, and in the last um, 10 minutes or so, they um, did something quite interesting. Um, they brought on the defender, uh, Chiu Chung Kit, and with, with about 10 minutes to go, um, and sent uh, their centre-back, uh, Clayton, the, the big guy, um, they sent him up front um, to provide you know, that, that target, which, as I already mentioned, they kind of been lacking. And it almost worked. I mean, they started lumping balls forward, and, and you know he can get his head on these things because he's, he's a big guy, and I mean, that's what he does at centre-back. And they did, with a couple of minutes left, uh, they launched a free kick into the box and, and Clayton did win the header and he hit the post, actually. Um, so it almost worked. A fair play to, to the Rangers coach for, for going for it and doing something a, a little unorthodox to try and get something from the game. Um, and the final game that we'll mention um, of, of the five was um, the nil-nil draw between Taipo and Southern. I don't have much to say about this game because I didn't see it. Um, other than the fact that it seems like quite a good result for Taipo, I mean, Southern, as we've discussed in the past, um, were a really strong team last year. 
Um, although you know there are a few ins and outs over the summer, I would have backed Southern. Um, I think they are the better team, um, and you know Typo new to the league, um, so I'm I'm a little surprised. Not I mean not only they they almost you know they dominated possession, they got sixty percent um, to fifty nine percent to Southern's forty one. So they've obviously given it a good go, and 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 they'll probably consider that a point one, whereas Southern might consider that a point a couple of points dropped. Um, Toby, I mean, I know you didn't see this game either, but as a as a typo, I don't want to say fan, as a as a as a typo aficionado, um, how how do you feel about the result? <laughs> Actually, I don't mind if you call me a typo fan. It's definitely one of the teams that I'm very keen to follow this season. And as you said, I think that it's quite a good result for typo. And already last week, we I think both of us thought that it won't be a clear-cut game for either of the teams. I think you had more hopes for Southern, I have a typo, and then it ended in a nil-nil draw, so that's, that's pretty fair. But yeah, I think that typo is still a bit struggling right now with their formations. Um, in particular, their, their striker number 11, Lucas Silva, is still missing. And what I was, again, a little bit surprised about, that they feel that the Brazilian goalkeeper. This meant that this time it was their number 19, David Lazari, who was put on the bench and Yuto Nakamura was the fourth foreigner on the field. And I felt it was a bit awkward because David Lazari definitely was a key figure in all the typo games so far. Most of the attack actually goes through him. Um, and he is quite flexible, like one moment he plays on the left and he changes with Wong Wai and he goes to the right or in the middle. So I was quite surprised. And he only came in then in the second half when um, Taipo actually took off uh, Lima, one of the centre-backs. So I think Taipo actually really played for a win, what also like this kind of substitution would suggest. But then in the end they had to, yeah... Um, be satisfied with a nil-nil draw and I I guess it was fair although as you said this the stats might have actually um, spoken for typo that all said uh, about Southland I think what was interesting to see if you look at the lineup that they actually played with three strikers you had Wellington de Souza, uh, Walter Vaz and Paul Olivier Nguyen so they definitely went to typo to to pick up three points I think so they played they tried to play very offensive and I actually assume they might have underestimated this game a bit but then again it for Southern I think it's still early in the season it was just their second game in the league so far so I think we can give them some more time to uh, catch up and to adjust to it okay so that is all of the weekend's action dealt with discussed and talked about and um, but stick with us because we are going to be talking about the international friendlies for the hong kong national team after this the hong kong football podcast is out every wednesday you can get it from itunes stitcher soundcloud or wherever else you get your podcasts Okay, there are a couple of big games coming up for the Hong Kong national team. Well, not so much big games, medium-sized games. A couple of international friendlies. First on Thursday away to Cambodia. And then the following Tuesday, the 11th of October, at the Mongkok Stadium, they will play Singapore in the battle of the Asian financial hubs, the battle of 
cities that are really good at lots of stuff but not really sports um, the battle of places that only have one Olympic gold medal in their entire history <laughs> do you know actually that was my first ever Hong Kong national team game was uh, international friendly at the Hong Kong Stadium against Singapore two years ago almost exactly two years ago um, it, it was 2014 I think it was October the 10th um, so only one day out and um, they won 2-1 um, and I think it'll be quite interesting to see the difference since that time, actually, because I think interest in Hong Kong football has changed uh, and has grown quite a lot in that time. Um, I think the attendance, oh, I can't really remember off the top of my head, I w it was probably around 1,000. Um, it was not very busy. Um, and I think we can expect a lot more than that this time. Um, and it might be a good comparison, very like-for-like -like comparison, um, to see how many people turn up for this game. Um, we're not, we're not going to talk too much about the Cambodia game because we talked about them in quite a lot of depth when Hong Kong played them uh, a month ago, was it? But let's talk about the Singapore game. The squad is about the same as um, for the home game against Cambodia. We'll have Ita Parika, um, who looked so exciting against in that game. He, he'll be back and I, I guess he'll be playing in that kind of attacking midfield role. Um, alongside, you know, backed up by Huang Yang, and not too many changes really to be talking about. Toby, is is that true? What what else is new with the squad? Yeah, as you said, the final squad of the Hong Kong national team has not changed very much from last time, except maybe that Shanja Kilama is not part of the team this time. I think he's actually on holiday right now in uh, Europe because also there is a break in the China League One for the next two weeks or so. What might be interesting also is that uh, Li Chi Ho, who currently plays for Meijo Hakka, is also not in the team again. But one one thing I think you will be happy about, James, is that Festus base is back and he will definitely bring more stability to our defense. Also interesting is that Chen Kin Fung, the former left back from South China, who was also more or less a regular in the national team, has not been called in this time. He was actually just loaned out to Rangers by South China recently. And now probably um, Kim Pangon will count on the Pegasus left back, Fung Pak Lun, to take over this position. But probably the biggest surprise this time is the call-in of Ao Yeung Yu Chung. And Ao Yeung has actually been quite famous in Hong Kong. He was known for his very impressive dribbling skills in particular. And he was a player many believed who would turn out to be a great talent who might even be able to play overseas. He was signed by South China at a very young age, um, I think when he was 18. And then for the last few years, he actually went to Portugal and tried to make the breakthrough there. But due to several injuries, it never really, it never really went ahead. And so this year he transferred to Guizhou after he recovered. But once up in arrival, he again was injured. Nevertheless, he seems to be now you know, back on track and maybe this kind of international game might give him again some confidence. I'm not really sure if he will actually see him, if Kim Bangon will let him play. Maybe not from the beginning because he really didn't have practice in the recent weeks and months. Uh, what I know, he's not registered right now for Guizhou due to his injury. But yeah, I think many are excited that he's back and maybe it's a start for his bigger comeback both in the team and in the club later on but so i think in general i'm quite happy about the choice by kim bangon this time 
it seems that Chris Anand from Pegasus has not been called in, um, which is maybe a wise decision because he's already, as we know, 38 years old. And Wong Wai from Taipo got another chance to prove himself in the national team. So I think the way it is now, it might go actually in the right direction. And I'm very much looking forward to see some new formations for the next two friendlies. But although I'm not in the Hong Kong football podcast studio right now with you, I just wondered if you know anything more about our opponent, Singapore. I don't know that much about Singapore. And locally, though, I am joined on the line by Singaporean football journalist Gary Koh. Gary, how are you? I'm pretty good. Where, and whereabouts are you at the moment? Well, I'm actually at my home office in Singapore. I mean, doing my usual stuff, but not to worry, I've actually taken some time out for these interviews. Okay, and so you are based in Singapore? Yes, correct. Cool. Okay, so first of all, what kind of a, what kind of a state is uh, football in, in Singapore? Well, the national team just started training again over the weekend and are preparing for two friendlies this Friday against Malaysia and Singapore at home before traveling out to Hong Kong. This is actually the beginning of the last phase of our preparations for November's yeah, ASEAN Football Federation Suzuki Cup. Mm. And what, what's the Suzuki Cup? Well, the Suzuki Cup is actually a regional football tournament that takes place every two years where all the, all the major um, football nations in the region take part. Actually, this month there's actually also a qualifying tournament for the bottom four teams in the region where they will fight for the one slot available. And, and so what are the um, what are the other teams? Who are the big names? Well, you've got the defending champions, Thailand, um, runners are Malaysia, um, and you have your traditional strong nations like Vietnam, mm-hmm. Indonesia, who have just recently returned to the international fall, and you cannot discount the co-hosts for this year's group stage, Myanmar and the Philippines. Ah, okay. So it's being, it's being hosted in Myanmar and the Philippines? For the group stage, yes. Okay, cool. So, I mean, the Singapore team, I think Hong Kong have played them twice in the last few years. I think they've both won one game each. What kind of a standard would you say they're playing at at the moment? If you say for our national team, we have been a little underwhelming lately because we actually did suffer a few embarrassing defeats, especially against Cambodia in July. Mm. Uh, but after that, Cambodia are also fast improving over the years with a very well-developed youth, youth plan that transcends all the way to the national team level under the current coach, Hun. And so who are the good players? Who should we be looking out for? Well, for our national team, we should be looking out at, well, the first name will be very familiar to the Hong Kong fans, especially those from South China, Harris Harun. He was actually involved with the Malaysian side of the team that eliminated out China in the recent AFC Cup for the finals yeah. hopefully. Well, he actually stood out. If not for him, it might have been a different result, especially in Larkin. So he's one of the key he's the one of the key players to to watch for. The others to look out for will be by Haki Kaizan, who is actually also based in Malaysia but playing for Johor Dalton second team, KDT two. And for striker, it is likely to be Kairo Amri. He's getting back into full fitness after starting of the season in Jet. 
Okay, so if you had to predict, um, how, how do you think the game will go? I mean, it's, both teams have got a lot to kind of prepare for, so I think it's important. I mean, it is just a friendly, but I think both teams do have something to play for. What, what, how do you think this will pan out? Who do you think will win? Because Singapore is using this Hong Kong team in particular to test out their strongest 11 for the Suzuki Cup in November. So I do think it's going to be a very tight affair with possibly, looking at the strength of the Hong Kong side, possibly Hong Kong taking Singapore by one goal. Because I'm aware of the Hong Kong lineup and they are pretty formidable right now. In a sense, you can say that they were a bit like how right now, like how Singapore used to be a few years ago when we had so many naturalized foreigners. Mm. So is that something that Singapore used to do more? Because that's that's an increasing thing in Hong Kong. It is. It's a lot of the um, squad is naturalized uh, non-Hong Kong born players. Um, so Singapore have kind of they used to do that, and they've now kind of ditched that strategy. Uh, they actually ditched that strategy for three years, but recently under the present coach Lee Sundramuthi, he has recalled two of them, uh, Daniel Bennett and Faroudi Mustafic. In fact, Faroudi Mustafic, this is his first actual national call-up since winning the Suzuki Cup in 2012. Ah. And, as, and as for the foreign tennis team in Singapore, which actually had lasted in the better part of the last decade, it was when we had a lot of foreign-born players playing for our national team and this actually lifted uh, our national team's profile in the Asian football scene for a while. So why why did they stop doing that, you know? Uh, partially it's due to the backlash where we had spent so much money on the foreign boss when a few actually moved back to their home countries once they are done with uh, playing, playing football. And also when former national coach Bernie Stanker came on board in 2013, what he wanted to do was to push up a lot of young players, which he actually did, and he actually was very rapid in casting out a lot of those former stars in haste, shall I say. How so? Was it a, li was it a little bit too quick, do you think? Uh, you can say that because in, with the likes of Bennett and Mustafish uh, international recalls, you can see that they still have a lot to offer and they are still playing at very high competitive level in Singapore's athlete. So they have the experience, they have the knowledge, they have the know-how to tackle, especially teams of a similar level, even though their age may hinder their speed, which is to be expected. So Gary, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, take care, speak to you soon. Thank you, James. It's really nice speaking to you and talking all things about the international game, especially the upcoming friendly. And I hope Singapore, Hong Kong and Singapore will have a very good friend in Mongkok Stadium on 11th of October. Yeah, thanks again to, to Gary for joining us from Singapore. Um, and for the it's Gary Ko, K-O-H. You should follow him on Twitter and he'll keep you up to date with everything you need to know about what's going on in his part of the world. Um, I think... That's about all we have time to discuss today. Sorry it's been a bit ramshackle. Sorry it's just been me talking rubbish about football. What you've, what you've learned today is that Toby is actually the knowledgeable one. I'm just the guy who tells you what score it was. <laughs> um, okay, um, take care of yourselves. Join us again next week because we have, we hope, an interview with a very good Hong Kong Premier League player which you do not want to miss. If you want to get in touch, if you think we've been talking rubbish, um, if you want to ask some questions, uh, something you want to hear discussed on the podcast, please get in touch. 
Um, the email address is podcast at offside.hk. That's podcast at offside.hk. We would love to hear from you. Um, but if we don't hear from you, you will hear from us next week with that big interview. Be sure to listen in. Until then, take care. Bye bye. That's a place for you.